investors snapped up South Africa's biggest bond sale yet as the National Treasury scaled up its requirements at its weekly bond auction to help fund a growing budget deficit. We're joined by James Turp, Portfolio Manager at APSA Asset Management. Um, so what was demand like at today's auction, James? Thank you, Stephen. So as you say, a 3.3 billion rand auction, that's uh, the largest we've seen. And appetite was there, so it cleared a couple of basis points generally stronger than the way the market was trading at the time. But given the context of this week's trading, bonds are trading at much weaker levels, much higher yields. So more attractive, obviously, for the investors at this point. Also, you get the, the risk, um, the option over the US inflation data release. So there is there's generally appetite for that option as well. So at the higher yields, it played out. And we saw good levels of, uh, of interest in, in one uh, bonds case. It was four times oversubscribed. Mm. And this is going to be the, the norm going forward that the government will be, or National Treasury will be raising 3.3 billion at its Tuesday auctions, up from 2.65 previously, That's and also uh, borrowing more um, from its uh, inflation linkers on Fridays. That's it. So they've upped it across the board as well as the number of bonds. So used to be doing three bonds, now they've gone with uh, four bonds on offer. All generally longer duration bonds as well, which are trading up here at this sort of 10, 20, 10, 30 yields, it's, it's expensive funding. Hmm. You, I mean, you mentioned the spike in yields recently. Um, we had news yesterday that Michael Sachs, who was the head of the budgeting office at National Treasury, ha has resigned. And that can't have gone down well with investors. It didn't. I mean, coming in the wake of the medium-term budget, how we've seen the fiscal deterioration, how National Treasury was forthright in, in showing the position as it stands, and then having this delivered in the budget area of National Treasury, top key resignation isn't good news for bond markets at all. So a lot of concern, and we saw that price action immediately yesterday as that news was announced, selling off almost 10 basis points, and it hasn't really recovered from those levels that it sold off to. Really concerning. Okay, so we are going to be paying more for our debts going forward, it looks like. It looks like it, and certainly with low growth where we are at the moment, paying such high levels for your debt, you're just not going to reduce that burden. That's the concern as well. Quite a lot of event risk going into next week. So we have consumer inflation numbers, we have the Monetary Policy Committee sitting, yeah. and we also have that big, much-awaited ratings announcement coming towards the yeah. end of next week, and, uh, and that's really going to keep investors on their toes, isn't it? That's it. So I think the price action we can expect to see both in the currency and the bond markets is all about that rating agency call, to be honest. As far as the inflation data is concerned, first off, it's expected to dip a little bit. I think with regards to the NPC on Thursday, we can't expect to see a, a continuation of monetary policy easing given the risk of the, of the downgrade on uh, Friday and also the elective conference at the end of the year. So it's all really down to that uh, rating agency decision. And the outcome or the reaction from bond markets to a downgrade by both Standard & Poor's and Moody's could be severe and that's what will probably keep markets at these weaker levels going into that simply because if we retain our investment grade status there are still further risk events going forward such as the elective conference being the big one at the end of the year and then next year's budget to follow on with so it's all to play for rig for bond investors really it's an important call and it, uh, and that is 
playing out in the price as well. Mm. Taking a look um, further afield, um, we also had US inflation numbers out today. It was their producer price index mm. and it rose by 2.8% year on year. That's the, the biggest move since February 2012. Um, how's the market reacted to that in the U US? Not a great deal of reaction. Obviously, it's not the, the CPI data that's out tomorrow. And also, they look at a variety of measures. They also look at the consumption expenditure deflator, PCE deflator. That's sitting at 1.3% and that needs to be at 2% really for them to be comfortable that, it, that inflation is returning to its target of 2%. So these numbers are good and supportive, but it's not, it's not the actual ticker that they look at that they need to be at 2%. So it's moving in the right direction though. Mm. I mean, re reading out today, it looks like there's a tightening gap between short and long-term bond yields in the United States. Mm. Um, and I, I read that could be a concern that the Fed may be in danger of hiking rates too quickly, mm. um, which could uh, kill longer term inflation, but also choke growth. That's a good point. So that yield curve flattening, as they call it, which is the obviously the short end. Oh, we we saw flattening when the new Fed chair was, was announced, didn't we? That's yeah. it, because it's a continuation of this normalization policy as opposed to a more dovish approach, for instance. Um, so we're seeing this flattening, as I say, as a result of exactly what you say, expectations of further hikes, December's hike being fully priced in the market, mm -hmm. but also in combination with this balance sheet reduction that is also considered monetary tightening. So having that effect on long-term inflation, as you point out, keeping the longer end contained. So that's exactly what we're seeing. Also, in some respects, we're seeing this, a similar flattening for different reasons in our own market, but our yield curve has been flattening aggressively over the last couple of uh, weeks as well. Which suggests what, James? Well, that's an interesting one. So generally, global interest rate yield curves will behave similarly. So there's a degree of that as well in it. But also perhaps the downgrade scenario, which is in some respects counterintuitive. You'd expect longer term debt to be worth less in a fiscally deteriorating uh, world. But in the event of a downgrade, you would consider all bonds perhaps to, be, to behave equally mm -hmm. poorly into that downgrade. And actually, the shorter ones where foreign investment is concentrated react more negatively. So I think it's also pre-positioning for a worst-case scenario from the rating agencies. Well, let's hope it's not the worst-case scenario. James, we yes. have to leave you there. Thank you so much for coming through. Thanks, Stephen. That's James Turp from APSA Asset Management.